Hey everybody, thanks so much for joining us for this week's episode of When I Grew Up. On today's episode, I have um, a friend of mine. Her name is Cindy Hong, and I'm excited for her to join us today because she's a creative, and she's going to tell us a little bit more about what she does. Hey Cindy, how are you? Hi, I'm doing good. <laughs> um, thank you so much for sitting and chatting with me today. I know that you've probably had a long day. Um, and you're probably tired. Um, for those of you that don't know, um, I do, I make my interviewers like, or interviewees, sorry, um, meet me after my kids go to sleep. So <laughs> it's really late at night right now. <laughs> yeah, so it's late at night. So I'm super thankful. Um, so, Cindy, tell us what you do. You know, tell us why you're tired today. Yes. <laughs> I am an elementary school art teacher, and I teach kindergarten through fifth grade um, visual arts. So right now, roughly, I teach about 600 in-person students. We have, um, we usually have a total of 1,200 students at our school, but with COVID and the option to digital and remotely learn. Um, we have about 600 students at school and I teach all of them. So it's an honor. And yes, I won't say the other word. <laughs> it's an honor. Oh man, yes. So that is why, you know, you have every right to be exhausted right now. Yeah. Because for me, it's like, man, I have trouble wrangling my two kids all day long. I can't imagine... 600 students yeah. all day long. Yeah. Um, so just real quick before uh, I ask you more questions about mm -hmm. what you do, I want to tell everybody, I've been wanting to have you on because I know that you're a creative and you're an artist. Um, but I will say there's something that kind of pushed me uh, to ask you. And I hope, is it okay if I share? Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, so uh, Cindy on her Instagram posted these videos of kind of like, a, I, I want to say like a warm up to the day, maybe or yes. to the class. Mm -hmm. And basically, she's just hyping up her students. And I don't know what grade it was that you posted. It was kindergarten. Kindergarten, yes. Yeah. So yeah. they were really little. Yeah. And basically, like, she kind of does this cheer, and then they respond back with cheering. And I was just so moved by it and inspired because I'm like, yeah, that's what a classroom should look like, you know, yes. excited to learn. Mm -hmm. um, and even if they're not excited to learn about art, it's like, you know, the mindset that you put them in and set mm -hmm. them in for the for the next, I don't know, how long is your class? 45 minutes. Next 45 minutes, you know, it's like, hey, this is how we're going to start. And there's no question about it. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, when this episode releases, maybe she'll let me post a little clip or something. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, and it's, it was just really inspirational for me. So Cindy, I thank you on behalf of every parent that has not thanked <laughs> you. I thank you. I'm like, can you teach thank my you. kids how to do art? <laughs> um, but yeah, can you tell me a little bit about why you decided to start your class day like that? Yeah, so I actually, this is part of my insecurities, but, you know, God speaks through insecurities. But I was actually a really bad art teacher <laughs> before. This is my fifth year teaching. And all the past four years, I was a very tired teacher. And I really was physically tired. And I think 
I let it show to my students. And I just realized over the years, like how much that has impacted my classroom and the environment, um, the climate, and just there are my students' emotional being. And I think when COVID hit, I actually started to, for me before then, it was really a burden. The mm-hmm. students were really a burden for me. Um, even though I loved what I was doing at times, it was really difficult. But once COVID hit and I started to really genuinely miss and my heart started to like ache for these students. And um, we would have like little Zoom sessions here and there just to see each other's faces so that um, they know that they're not alone. Um, but when we had those moments, I think over time, God has really reminded me um, how important it is to validate them as a person and as someone who has feelings and someone who has emotions. And I know I, I know some of these kids and the things that they're going through at home, it's incredibly difficult and heavy and burdensome for them, um, especially with the pandemic. And so for me, I actually learned from learned those chants and we call it art greetings. We, um, I've actually learned that from another mentor of mine. And I just was so inspired, just like you. And it just like lit up the students. And so I started doing it. I was very shy and skeptical at the beginning. But um, once I started doing it, it just like snapped like 180 degrees, changed everything, like our conversations. And they were able to like have this level of trust with me. Like Miss Hong understands that I'm like she's okay with me making a mistake and that when I do, like I can fix it and I can become better and just things like that. There's this level of trust. And that opened up so many doors of possibilities. So I really enjoyed it. Wow, that's yeah. incredible. Thank you so much for your transparency. I really mm-hmm. appreciate the honesty and that you were struggling in the beginning of your career. But I'm so thankful and glad to hear that you found solutions like to kind of um, yeah, improve yourself and pr- improve the environment that your kids are coming into every day it's incredible oh man (laughs) as you're talking I like was getting the chills just listening because I feel like it's um one thing to like realize that maybe teaching is difficult Mm -hmm. but it's another thing to like do something about it yeah yeah right that's cool um okay so it was difficult in the beginning Mm but why so why did you want to be an art teacher in the first place um so I think well I started my college with a drawing degree and I never wanted to even explore the field of art education or education let alone but um my freshman year of college I went on a mission trip to Honduras with um, a ministry called Wesley at UGA. And um, I remember when we went, there was one day where um, we had, like we were broken into smaller groups to like go and just invite the people in the neighborhood to come worship with us. And 
I remember in my little group, it was me and a friend on my team who um, was deaf and he was born deaf. And so we, we had another friend who was a translator for, for him and then another person who was translating us from English to Honduras and vice versa. So it was four of us. And then our director kind of gave us a choice and it was like either choice A or choice B. And choice A was like, we could reach out to maybe about 10 houses down under the mountain. But then there was choice B was there's one house all the way at the top of the mountain. So it's either 10 or one. And we prayed about it and we were all like, I think it's that one. And so we climbed the heck out of that mountain and got up there. Um, and we realized when we got there, it was um very young single mom she was maybe about two to three years older than me at that time and she had twin girls they were both born deaf and we were like wow god knew like and so i was just encouraging my friend um to just minister to them because it's just such a struggle that they shared together in that way and what was really interesting was like this woman was literally a current day Samaritan woman where she was hated by the whole village and she never came down the mountain because nobody would uh, bless her or nobody would, you know, care to reach out to her. And so the two girls, they never smiled. The house was just dark and she was depressed and everybody was depressed. And we were, we got to talking and we were like, this is perfect. My friend will get to uh, minister to the girls, but they had no knowledge of sign language. And so there was no communication between mom and the daughters either. And so I was like, dang, how do I share gospel to these girls? And so I started to pray. And I think in that moment, it was so clear. It came so fast. And God was telling me to go out and start drawing out the gospel on the ground. And so I took the girls outside while my team members were ministering to the mom and we were out in the lawn, um, just drawing. I drew their mountain. I drew their house at the top and how they couldn't come down. But there's this man, Jesus, who carries a cross of, with love and he came with to you and he loves to be your friend and he loves you. And I was just drawing out the picture and we literally spread out the whole drawing, um, just kind of bouncing back and forth and these girls like giggled they were like loling and mom has never heard heard their sound of laughter um and so she came sprinting out and she hugged me and she just thanked me and she just sobbed on my shoulder she's told me that she's never heard of her daughter smile like that and laugh like that and for me in that moment i knew there was a power in art to minister to children, um, especially the message of gospel. And so for me, I think in that moment, I knew that I wanted to work with kids. Um, I wanted to work uh, with art. And so that's when I started to look into the program. Yeah. That's incredible. I know. For people that can't see my face right now, um, <laughs> I am like weeping. <laughs> Um, I just think, wow, that's like, what a testament mm -hmm. to God using people's gifts and talents for the advancement of 
his kingdom. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I pray that for my own children and my own children's ministry, but like mm-hmm. to see it and hear it um, come to life. And yeah, it's like, that's so, that was the Holy Spirit for sure. And that was for God sure. for sure. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, what are the chances that, Seriously. you know, your, your team was made up of one person that couldn't, that was born deaf and mm-hmm. then you guys decided to go up there. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. But so good. That's such a great mm-hmm. um, testimony. Wow. Okay. So you yeah. decide, right? Okay. Yeah. What I want to do. Um, but um, so that means you're, uh, you're majoring in drawing mm-hmm. and you are, you've added this major of art education. Or? Yes. So I think, so I finished the mission trip was the end of, freshman year like during spring break oh what a blessing that is too i know right early early on on. (laughs) (laughs) but um i so sophomore year was just all about like continuing drawing major but then just kind of researching and like is it possible do i want to do five years of college versus four years of college and i was praying a lot and i think there are moments of fear and doubt just like um, even in the track of drawing, like, would I be able to make money? Mm. Would I be able to make living out of just being a drawing major? Sure. <laughs> There's a lot of insecurity in that. And, um, and I almost wonder if like at that moment, like our education was kind of like my safe ground, like just landing spot just to secure at least a job. Um, but there are many thoughts and process like that went on to it, but finally decided to do it starting my junior year. So um, up until my sophomore year, it was just all drawing. But thankfully, the classes overlapped a lot. Uh, With art education, you have to take every different types of art classes, Okay. uh, all the intro levels. Mm -hmm. So I would have to do like printmaking, ceramics, jewelry, bookmaking, papermaking, all these other different kinds, just so I'm exposed to, you know, teach my students later. Um, But with drawing, I was only taking drawing courses. Um, So it was a very exciting year for me because I got to try a lot of new things that I haven't done. Okay, so exciting, like as in good, or exciting? Yeah. Like, okay, okay. Yeah, exciting as in good, because I actually really love those courses. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious, Cindy, to know, like, well, first, when did you decide to be a drawing major? Like, go into art? At what yeah. point in your life did you decide that was the, the path you wanted to take? Mm-hmm. So I actually hated art when oh, I was growing okay. up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, because I... I grew up in Korea. I spent my entire elementary school um, days in Korea. And I actually wanted to be a singer. I loved like dancing and singing in front of crowds. I don't know why. Like right now, I would never want to go anywhere near there. (laughs) But um, I think with that, I was just very extroverted. Um, So even at my school, like I would form like girl groups with my friends and we would just perform <laughs> so cute. when we go to like trips and stuff it was so funny but then I I moved to um, United States after finishing my sixth grade there um, in Korea you do elementary up until sixth grade mm-hmm. and so once I finished I came over here and the language barrier has 
completely destroyed my confidence in myself and I just kind of shut down as yeah as a person I I became kind of quiet and but then later I became extroverted again so it's all good but um, at that moment the only thing that saved me was art because it is something that I didn't need to worry about in terms of the language barrier um, so when I go to school, like I would hate going to math class and all these other classes, but when I have art, I would just light up. And so my, thankfully, like God sent, like my middle school and high school art teachers were amazing. They were like my mom <laughs> because my parents lived in Korea the whole time. Um, so we, I lived away from my parents. Um, I was very, um, in need of my mom's presence during that age but my art teachers were like that and so I was really blessed to have them as my teachers and they really spoke so much truth into me and um, just so believed in me um, and so I started to really love art and I did everything I drenched myself with art in middle school and high school which led me to um I went to governor's honors program during high school with visual arts. And then that was my junior year of high school. And then my senior year, I um, got an opportunity to paint an album cover for Matt Redman and um, his 10,000 Reasons album. I painted no way. that. Yes. <laughs> and just, you know, opportunities like that um, just came. I knew it was from God and it was just these reminders of the fact that God didn't just give me this talent for no reason. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I think when, by the time I was done with high school, I was like, what else can I do now? <laughs> you know? And so I just put myself right on the track and thankfully my parents were very supportive. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of Korean um, students are really struggling. Those creative Korean students um, because their parents will want them to be doctors and all the other things, but art. Um, so I'm very blessed. Why do you think your parents were supportive? I'm sure your parents are just great parents. Yeah. But did they have yeah. a reason or were they just like, they I'm just trusted sure. you? Or I'm not sure. I Maybe because I was a really bad student. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like academically, just, you yes, mean? Okay. Yes, academically. Okay. I was just like, that is just not <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Gifted it. I mean, I so, I mean, it sounds like your parents just knew that yeah. about you and knew right. that this was something that mm -hmm. this is where they needed to like support. Right. Yeah. And art. also, like, my older brother, um, he is, you know, studying to be a doctor right now. And so oh, I think okay. my parents <laughs> just like kind of trusted my brother with the studies. And no. I'm just over here, like, you know, living my dream. <laughs> yeah, so That's all so thanks funny. to my brother. <laughs> That's so funny, though. Yeah. Um, man, so wait, I'm so curious. Like, yeah. how did that opportunity come up to do Matt Redmond's album cover? Yes, yeah, so um, during that time, my cousin, you might know my cousin, Esther Hong. So, yeah, uh, so Esther actually was the wedding planner for our wedding. Oh yeah I think I heard yeah. that yeah and yeah. actually we go even further back than that like, like UGA right no actually so my mom used to own a wedding boutique here in Marietta uh -huh. and then when 
um, Esther's brother got married, my mom actually um, did like the like some of the arrangements for that wedding, like the wedding gown and the tuxedo rental and stuff like that. And it was just I think my mom and Esther hit it off really well. Uh huh. Um, Because my mom's like 1.5. So like, yes. (laughs) Oh, meaning like my, sorry, my parents immigrated here when they're in middle school. But, and so like they, she speaks English well. And so I think they just really hit it off. And I can see personality wise. But anyways, I was really little then. And so because of that connection is why she like helped me out with our wedding. Um, And it was like, without her. It would have not been good. <laughs> but I'm sure you know. Uh, you already yes, know. But okay, so it. okay, so Esther got you yeah. that connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's really cool. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Man. Yeah. That's incredible. Okay, so sorry, I'm getting lost in my own conversation right, right now. <laughs> but anyways, um, okay, so you decided to do drawing okay I wanted oh I know what I was gonna ask I wanted to know so before you decided on art education as a double major mm-hmm. um like where what is a career like as just an artist like in drawing like was there some sort of vision or goal for you before art education or do you get so, what I'm asking you yeah right right um I think I was very lost at that point. And so me adding on art education was, I think, probably 50% out of insecurity and just being lost. Okay. Um, I really did not know what was out there. I knew just of um, like big name people, um, artists that are, you know, just creating and making living out of it. But for me, I think at that time, I just didn't believe in myself enough to be able to create something that, um, creating something that I would love, but also people would love. I think there was just too much pressure. Like, mm-hmm. I wanted to create something that I love, mm-hmm. but just that fear of what if nobody loves what I love, um, and the vice versa as well. What if I create only things people love, but I don't really enjoy that? And what kind of living would that be? You know. Um, so for me, um, it was a lot of like just learning from my friends that were in the field. We would we would a lot of times talk about that. And right now, I have a lot of friends that um, were in my same class that are living out as. Um, full-time artists and just seeing them and um, seeing them now like makes me jealous sometimes because I'm so burnt out like teaching little kids to create that I don't have time to create when I come home I'm just like I just want to go take a nap or something Um, but yeah I think that career path was very foggy and Mm -hmm. hazy well I can I just want to affirm you because it seems as though, you know, your trip to Honduras confirmed a lot of your heart for your future. Yeah. So I think you're, I know it's difficult. I can't, again, I can't even wrap my head around it, but I feel like you're probably doing what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need, you got it. You don't need to be. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but so take me to like a typical day for you as an art teacher. 
What does it look like? So um, I get to my school at 7.30 a.m. every day. And then um, usually I would do like a quick like prayer walk in my room um, if I have enough time. Um, And then I would do a morning car rider duty starting 7.45. And um, 7.45 to 8.15 for like 30 minutes, I would just open car doors, greet students in. And um, after that, I would teach three um, 45-minute classes with 15 minutes in between. And those 15 minutes are spent cleaning, sanitizing, um, set like breaking down, setting up. And so it flies by so fast. And um, I would have lunch in between for like five to 10 minutes. <laughs> and, um, I would do the same thing, three 45-minute classes with 15 minutes in between, clean, sanitizing. And then at the very end of the day, um, during dismissal would be my planning time. And that's when I work on um, digital learning students because I teach both in-person and digital. A lot of other teachers, like a lot of different schools, they do it all differently. Um, Our school, the way we do it is we do it asynchronous, which means we like record and then we just give them our recorded lessons. Um, and so during that planning time, I would either record or plan a lesson or edit a video um, or prep for my in-person students and grade digital students' work. So it time flies by really fast once I'm there. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So um, for the digital learners... Mm-hmm. Um, are they responsible for like getting their own materials? I guess I don't really know what you guys do, but right. Um, so yeah, I try, work? I try my best to like make the lessons really simple um, for them to be able to create. Um, so I would try to keep it under like crayons, uh, markers, things that they have. Um, I would sometimes give an option for paint, um, just to kind of. For my students who actually love art and have everything that they have that they need at home, but some students really it's it's even hard for them to find what to eat next, mm-hmm. and so for them to have crayons and markers, it's I don't expect that at all, and so um, so it's it's different for diff- um, each student, but yeah, I try to minim- minimize the whole lesson. That must be so challenging. Yeah. Just okay. So, um, what about like an art class? What does an art class look like at your school? Like visually? Um, no. Like, so. Oh, see, you said that you 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 would plan for the next day or something. But what does the plan consist of? Like, is it usually like drawing or I guess it depends on grade. Right, right. So, yeah. So right now we do um, like a weekly rotation. So I would see one class for the whole week and then I would see a different class for the whole week, which is new this year. We used to see one class every eight days. So I would do class A, class B, class C for eight days and Mm -hmm. then start over class A. But this year we're doing the weekly rotation, which has worked a lot better because they are able to build on top of the things that they learned the day before. And so 
yeah, like you said, uh, with grades, it's all different. But right now, we're celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month, which has been awesome. And so we've been getting to learn a lot about um, different Hispanic artists and just how much they influence the art world. And um, so students have been creating um, things that are inspired from their styles, or the artist's styles, um, to just kind of yeah express themselves through that. Um, I plan um, a lot of my lessons around like seasons and um, yeah, like national holidays and things like that. And I try to make that my general theme and then kind of find artists and find um, standards to kind of fit under those things. And so a lot of times with one project, there would be like six to seven standards that I could teach which is really good because they get a lot out of one project. Yeah. Wow, that's really cool. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like that would be the best part of, uh, for me, I think, so I really, okay, I, I really am not a good artist. I don't, <laughs> I really suck. I'm, I'm just going to say it. I, I like can't draw worth anything. Um, my husband, David, uh, he's really good at drawing. Um his whole family, like, I think his mom is, enjoys art. So she was really good about kind of teaching that at home. Mm -hmm. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I just never enjoyed it, but I do, I do remember having an art teacher that, uh, it was different, right? Like my elementary school teacher was different than my middle school teacher. Mm -hmm. And I remember enjoying elementary school a lot more than yeah. middle school I think just the way she taught and you can tell when they love what they do yeah, so for real. um I feel like uh it's really cool that you surround the plan your plans around certain holidays like Her- mm-hmm. uh, Hispanic Heritage Month like that's mm-hmm. really cool that's amazing mm-hmm. um so when you're not teaching art you said that you know, you don't really have time to be creative on your own. Um, but I actually wanted to ask you a little bit more about um, when you were, you did have more time to be creative. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's where you probably thrived. Yeah. And, um, I I remember just around the time you were graduating college, you had kind of a final showcase yes. or something. Mm-hmm. Could you go into more detail about what that's like as an art student? Yes, um, that was one of the most stretching seasons of my life. Really? Um, yeah, it was so scary and daunting because I think, so each of us, we, um, as a senior class, we would get um, exit show, like, that's like a course, like an exit show course. And so we will all be given a small, tiny room studio. That's a school facility. And we have access to it 24-7. And we just create. We just create like a madman, like a body of work that is cohesive and that expresses everything that we have worked on. And for me, I was so lost. I didn't know where to begin. Um, I remember spending hours just like, asking God, like, God, what is it? Like, what is it? And I just was so lost. And he wouldn't, I felt like there wasn't anything clear. And then um, leading up to that, I was struggling. But then there was one moment 
right around that time, I visited Korea. And during my visit there, I was um, passing by like the, what do you, I don't know how to call it in English. It was like Sichang, like one of the main like Seoul uh-huh, like, government uh-huh. area. Uh-huh. Um, and in front of that, there was a Japanese building there in located in Korea. And I remember that was my first time seeing Comfort Woman. Um, there are these um, grandma grandma now um, that have been kidnapped when they were in their teenage years um, into sex trafficking during um, the Japan, Jap, Jap, Japanese, Japanese, what do you call that? <laughs> Imperial something. Like during the war, um, they were used as comfort. For okay. the men in yes. in at war, and um, I'm so bad that I forgot all of that. No, but, no. Um, but yeah, I I saw them protesting like these old grandmas on their wheelchairs, and bunch of like young people that were surrounding them, just kind of shouting out. And I've never heard of their story before, and that just and I came back to States and I was like, that was just so lingering in my head and my heart. And I was so uncomfortable and like, like so frustrated and angered by all of that. And I want, I chose to um, sort of like wrap around that theme um, for my exit show. And then, so I started researching mm-hmm. and I was so devastated during the researching um, process because I could not believe what I was finding out, like, that these women have gone through. Um, Could you give us an example? Yeah, so they would be kind of lied to, asked to be asked to work for um, like a factory or something. And during that time, um, a lot of Korean people were very poor. Mm -hmm. And so um, these girls were asked to come to a factory and make money and they would be able to send money back to their family in Korea. And so girls were like, yes, anything for my family. And so they would go just to find out um, all these things. And, a lot of individual stories of different grandmas and one of them I remember like um, she it was like a it was like an animation documentary that someone has made of her story Mm -hmm. and um, like she realized she got there um, she served 50 men a day um, unconscious many times um, drugged many times stabbed many times um hit punched um if she wouldn't obey um it was just she was treated like worse than a toy Mm -hmm. um and it's not just her story it's so many others and it's not just even korean um women but like there are vietnamese women chinese women that were taken as well um to comfort these japanese soldiers and so there's so many of them that have gone through so much pain and suffering and a lot. And sh- she was telling me that one particular woman, a uh, lady, she told me, she was telling the story about how she would see every day her friends committing suicide. Mm-hmm. 
And so she would like, she saved up all of her like sleeping pills and then she was trying to take it all at once and die. And, um, like during that process, someone has rescued her and so she couldn't kill herself. Like she just didn't even have freedom to do anything, like even killing herself just mm-hmm. to get rid of this pain and things like that. And for them to live until now, most of them could not get married because of shame in the community. And so they don't have family. A lot of them live by themselves or the facility of Comfort Woman. Now they have a facility um, and their family has um, have disowned them because of shame. Like, um, yeah, it's been just a, such a heartbreaking thing. And so I think the more I researched, the more I was lost. Because mm. how do I dare to even draw this? Like, how do I dare to even, like, who am I to? You know, like, how can I even embody their pain? I don't even know a glimpse of anything that they've gone through. So I felt so humbled, yet so lost. Um, And so there was a lot of time where I would paint something on my canvas, and I would paint it completely white, paint something on top of it again, and completely white. And I did that, like, over and over again, because, like, I just couldn't come up with the right image. Mm. But then the, at the end, what I did come up with, it was just a very simple black and white image. Um, and I did three artworks of drawings and three paintings and three um, installations. And so the drawings were pictures of an empty chair. Um, the empty chair, the chair was a symbolism for the comfort woman. And there is like a statue of two chairs. One has a little girl sitting in it. The other one is empty. That symbolizes all the um, women who have passed away and not here with us. And all the um, little girls that are still alive, um, just fighting for their um, apologies and just their right. And so my drawings were three empty chairs and they're all different types of chairs and they all had different looks which symbolize these women are unique none of them are the same and they have their own story Um, God created them uniquely Mm. and the chair was empty but in front of the chair I I did a Korean calligraphy of their story but in the point of view from they themselves telling it and so like a lot of times these like grandmas would have accent like um and so I would literally write out the accent um in Korean and um it just for me when I created that I felt like they were still here Mm. um that they were still telling their stories and their stories were worth being told um those so those were my drawings and then my paintings it was these um I had these like black organic forms, which symbolize um, the tombstones of the Japanese soldiers. And on top of that, I drew three elements that these um, comfort women carried. They didn't have a lot of um, things that that was that belonged to them. So only thing was one or two um, outfits, which they would change every other day or something like that. 
and then um, their hair uh, pin, I guess, and their shoes. So they didn't really have a lot of things that were um, theirs. And so I did three different elements, which symbolized them on top of those organic forms, which symbolized their victory and triumph over them um, and the defeat of, you know, every evil that they meant to um, do on these women. Mm-hmm. And then the three installations were actual com- combination of the two of the chairs and of these elements. So I would, I put three chairs that were all different, painted and sanded. And then I put the three elements on top. And um, it was just kind of a physical representation that they're still here. Their their stories are still here, that I'm here to tell their stories. Mm-hmm. Like that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, so you were in a stuck like a stuck place on how mm-hmm. to move forward in this scene what, what did you call it what was the course called again um exit show exit the exit show mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but somehow you got this inspiration mm-hmm. um and it just sounds like such an incredible show I like really wish I had witnessed it myself because man these stories that probably will never get told in the medium that you shared it is so Mm -hmm. special um were and like some of the people that you interviewed like were they able to see some of the artwork um no because like the way I researched was by reading articles and watching videos so I never got to actually meet with the comfort woman. Okay, okay. But then actually later down the road, I did. Oh, <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. Man, that is crazy. So, I mean, is it something that you felt at the end of it? You know, even though you were kind of, you had to keep starting over and over again, which I feel like is probably not uncommon, right? Mm-hmm. The, yeah. Art. Um, Oops, sorry. No, you're good. Um, like, were you satisfied I was really satisfied. Okay, yeah, I would think. I think I was overly. Oh, I think wow. especially during like on the day of the show opening, mm-hmm. I had so many people just sob in front of because I had the artwork set up and next to the installation. I framed each of the woman's story with their names on it, and people were standing in front of that reading it and just could not believe like literally how I felt like Mm -hmm. I could not believe this actually happened in real life and I didn't know about it Mm -hmm. and that I didn't get to do anything about it and so a lot of people I think walked away feeling very convicted to do something about Mm -hmm. sex trafficking in general Mm because it's even happening in our own neighborhood too yes so how amazing Mm -hmm. so cool um I know I keep jumping around in our conversation Um, but, um, so as an art teacher, mm-hmm. um, do you find it important to teach your students, like, how art can be, like, transformative or even just useful and powerful? Is yeah. that something you value in your teaching or? Yes. So I actually got to do a second round of my Comfort Woman show um, during my time of teaching 
-hmm. I think it was two years ago I had my it was my first solo exhibition I've ever done and it was my all my pieces from my college and then added to that I did another in, um, series of comfort women and I know that the topic wasn't appropriate for my students but I still invited them and I, I reached out to all the parents and I said hey I'm doing a show and um, let me just warn you there's nothing graphic about because it was all very abstract pieces and very prayerful pieces but um, that these stories carry a lot of you know disturbing content and if you like it would mean the world to me if you would bring your children to just see what artists look like and to just be inspired and so on my opening show my solo show I had a lot of my students come with their parents and they were just like wait why is Miss Hong outside her classroom right. like, <laughs> like why does she not live at school like they were just so lost but um, also very, like, speechless. I saw a lot of them just, like, not being able to say anything. They were just eyes were wide open. Mm. And um, for me, I think it's it was that moment that helped me understand that my job isn't to just teach skills, but, like, to teach skills enough that I would build confidence in them that they could use that to do something about it, to do and accomplish something that they want. It doesn't even have to be um, sharing someone's story. It could be sharing their stories, um, whatever it is. And so I think since that moment, um, I've been doing a lot of projects that required their thinking. And I think before then, I did a lot of skill teaching. Like I do, you do. Whatever I do, you copy. Um, practice these skills but now I do more of creative like just drawing out those things and those ideas from the students I do a lot of exercises I would do like I would give them boxes in the paper and I would draw like a few lines um, in each of the boxes and they would have to come up with the story finish the drawing themselves come up with the story and like what is this telling telling me like don't tell me with words tell me with your art and just even things like that um just to get them exercising on using what they have as skills skill sets and using that to be a voice that is awesome yeah. you yeah. are the best yeah. teacher <laughs> <laughs> send my kid there <laughs> that is so cool um I think, I mean, no, you are, you are amazing, but even more so like, again, cause I'm just so weak in those areas. I'm like, so just amazed by, by your heart and yeah, but I, but I'm a creative too. You know, I believe yeah, in yeah. art and I believe <laughs> that it can truly just change lives. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, everything you're saying, I'm just like, yes, like this is amazing. We need more yeah. teachers like Cindy Hong in education. Um, so Cindy, what is like something you love about your job? We kind of heard a little bit of the struggles of the long yeah. days and stuff, mm -hmm. but what is, what do you love most? Um, this is silly, but time to time I get proposed by kindergartners. Oh. 
which is literally the best. And oh like, my goodness. They would come up with drawings of like a wedding day with them and me. And it's just the cutest oh thing. Oh my god! Like, and some kids come with like, they would like make 3D flowers with like crumbled paper. They would just give it to me. And it's just the cutest thing. Um, and I get that a lot. So that makes my day. And yeah, that makes it yeah. work to me. Man. Yes, it's the best. And Super cute. Yeah. And I think like even when kids pass by the hallway, they would tell me um, how art is their favorite specials and that they can't wait to come to my room. And even just things like that, um, it just makes me like want to keep doing what I do yeah, yeah. oh my gosh yeah. how sweet is that <laughs> um oh have you always liked kids like in general though yeah okay. I did I did okay yeah. so I guess it makes it a little easier if you mm-hmm. kind of always like children too yeah man so cute yes I like can't even believe that you they know, must right? really love you <laughs> How could you not? But I know. But um, I'm I'm one of the youngest teachers at my school. Oh, okay. So I, I oh, guess she's that in my league. Sense. Yeah, I can... like I could do her. You know, I can handle. That's so cute. Oh yeah. my goodness, adorable. I probably find it a little more adorable because I could see Eli doing stuff like that too. My son, like, yeah. and I'd be, <laughs> yeah, I would not be surprised. But that's so cute. Yeah. Yes. Um. So, Cindy, before we uh, sign off together, mm-hmm. I did want to hear a little bit more about um your kind of your side business. Yes, the giving you've... tree. Yeah, giving tree yes. design, right? Yes. Um. So it recently started. Yes. Could you kind of tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So it started during my during the pandemic, and in my boredom, that's where it started. Um, I have been doing a lot of side, like, event coordinating things um, for the people just in my mutual friends. Um, But I think over time, people would just tell me, like, Cindy, you should just start a business. Like, I would totally, like, hire you, like, instead of just asking for your help. Um, And so I was like, huh, I'll think about it. But I was already busy with, you know, teaching and serving at church and it was already so helpful. But pandemic really helped me to like (laughs) quiet all that down just to kind of even like start thinking about um, just different avenues that I want to explore. And I think definitely this school year um, has brought so much fear in terms of teaching and um and it's probably not just me and a lot of other teachers too. And feeling like um, we are not heard, um, that we're not really seen as human, but we're just we're just expected to be at work, mm-hmm. um, not worrying about our families and things like that. And so, I think all of that fear has kind of put me at a place where I had to come up with other options just to keep doors open like and just to kind of try out different waters and giving tree was one of that and it's something that I was already doing anyways and so um I started and the name itself is inspired by my mom um I always call my mom the giving tree but she 
would just give herself until she has nothing and mm. every part of her she would just sacrifice sacrifice for me and my brother and um I remember just because I did a lot of like uh, baby's first birthday uh, baby showers a lot of baby things and in all those moments I would walk away so drained and so tired and feeling like I've given myself fully but my heart just so full mm -hmm. and I love that about um, this this job and this role that I would get to that I get to create these spaces and moments where um, these people can remember and just be in that moment um, in a beautiful moment mm -hmm. um, so that's where kind of my heart was starting it right now I have few on the way um just events of baby's birthday and things like that so that's awesome are you having fun so you're having fun doing it I'm yes I'm having fun mm -hmm. that's so great yeah. so if anybody needs a first birthday planner or yes. or anything right any mm -hmm. event right any event reach out to giving tree is it giving tree design I, yes giving tree design yes. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i don't even know the name. <laughs> okay uh, giving tree yes. design uh -huh. um yeah please please check cindy out um if you've heard anything in this podcast you you know her heart and her heart for people and um i feel like you can't miss with giving tree design so <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you for the shout out. Yeah, of course. Yeah, shameless plugs all the way. For when I... <laughs> um, uh, so we're coming to our the, the end of our time together, Cindy. Mm -hmm. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Yeah. I could actually talk to you all night, I feel like. Yeah. Um, but before we end our time together, do you have any advice for somebody that... Um, is interested in going to art, going into art or um, art education uh, or just any advice at all that you might want to give anyone listening? Yeah, I think um, art is a very vulnerable area um, where you have to put yourself onto an image and people get to see you basically on that image or whatever you create um, and people critique it. And it's very daunting to know that you put yourself out there and other people get to say whatever they want about basically you. And I think for me, that has been such a wall um, that's gotten in my way uh, as a creative and even as a teacher too, just how, how would other people think about if I make this move, if I do this? Um, but I think at the end of the day, um, God knows you and God has created you for you. And I think he knows what he's doing. And so even if you put anything out there and nobody accepts it, God accepts you. And I think that's enough confidence for you to build on for the next step and for the next step for the next step and I think eventually even for me I'm still in the process I haven't arrived anywhere and so um, I think we're all in it together so yeah that's great advice it's yeah. I feel like it's something a lot of not just 
people interested in art need to hear. Mm-hmm. I think everybody needs to hear that, mm-hmm. including myself. And um, yeah, just where do you find your identity, especially during such a crazy time of our For lives? Sure. Um, yeah. And I think even just being in quarantine, I'm going off on a tangent here, but, um, you know, just being more inundated with social media and our phones and like what the world is telling us about ourselves or the people that you follow. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't matter at the end of the day. Right. Um, But I love what you said. Yeah. Knowing that God accepts whatever it is that you do should give you Mm -hmm. enough or more than enough confidence that you need Mm -hmm. in the things that you're pursuing. So I appreciate that. Cindy, it's really yeah. good word and advice. Um, uh, did I miss anything? Was there anything else you wanted to chat about? I think that's it and more. <laughs> great. That's great. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate your time today. Um, if you guys have any questions about art education or art school or just anything, I'm sure Cindy would be happy oh, yeah. to to connect with you. Yes. And um, so please feel free to reach out to me through a direct message or you could mm-hmm. email us at podcastwigu at gmail.com and I will connect you with Cindy right away. Um, thanks so much, girl. I really appreciate you today. Thank you, Blair. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Until next time.